Jensen. I said. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> episode of the butterfly effect podcast hey yep you see you know what dogs no you gotta leave hey dogs cut it out (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be the intro (laughs) on a real note welcome back to wait is it recording yeah what the fuck? <laughs> so we got all that. Can you hear me from over here? Um, sorry if you hear some dogs making out in the background. Uh, They're wrestling. <laughs> just ignore them. But welcome back to another episode of the Butterfly Effect Podcast. Today I'm joined by my Uncle Rini and my sister Dedzy. Hey, yo. What up, what up, Minnesota? <laughs> what up, you like my dad? <laughs> uh, what up, Minneapolis? <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Block warrior. <laughs> so my dad says, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. On the border of Brooklyn Center, woo. Woo, woo, I'm not going to give you my address. No, no. No. 1234 South Central Street, 55201. That's the address. Come come pull up. Okay, today we're going to be talking about a lot of very different topics than I think we've talked about so far on this podcast. And I think it's... I'm really excited. This episode is something that I've been really looking forward to, and my uncle reached out and was willing to share his journey coming to, like, just basically his life. And I think it's really relatable, and it's a different story that hasn't been told on this podcast. So today it's going to be fun. Get cozy. Sorry, the dogs are... Um, <laughs> wrestling in the wrestling background. Wrestling in the background. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Redo! And action. So we're going to be talking about... Um, Addiction. Addiction. Transgender. Being transgender, the LGBTQ community, like different perspectives of that. Um, So just to get us started, tell us about when's the first, like what's your first memory of questioning your identity when you were younger? Like what age? I I think ever since I can remember, I um, knew that I was different or something was different because I didn't understand why I couldn't stand up and pee and um, why I was different in those aspects. Yeah. I did get to wear the clothes I wanted and okay. stuff. Everyone just thought I was a big tomboy, but... So you were <laughs> never, like, forced to wear dresses? When I was little, little. And, like, people not, dressed you? Yeah, but when I was able to choose, I still got to shop in the boys' section with mm-hmm. my brother and stuff like that, so I never really... Nothing really was different except I didn't understand why I could end up being that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I always, like, had crushes on girls since I can remember. And But how did you know you weren't attracted to boys? Like, at a young age, I'm trying to think how you deciphered that. Like, wh- what was a friend? I think because I just wanted to hang out with the boys and play mm-hmm. sports and play cars and ninja and mm-hmm. G.I. Joe type shit. And with girls, I wanted to, like... Throw rocks at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, how did did you? What do you think about when you were younger? Well, cause, cause I'm trying to think. Like, I remember like before I even knew. I remember I was in second grade and I had a girlfriend and we would like mm-hmm. hold hands during story time and stuff. Yeah. And I didn't think anything different of it. I just like thought of her as someone I liked. And then in fifth grade, I remember I had a crush on this girl in my class and I like for some reason I knew it was different because I would tell mom about every single crush I had. Mm-hmm. Like if I and it was like almost always boys. And so then I had this crush on a girl in fifth grade and I went to go tell mom. She was in the bath. It was funny as hell. I like knocked on the door and I was like, Mom, I have a crush and it was like midnight or something and I was like I don't know how old you are in fifth grade. I was very young, though. And she was like, okay. Like, and she was in the bath, right? Yeah. yeah. And she was like, okay, and who is it? And I was like, um, Katie. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, okay, one second. And then she came out of the bathroom. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, so you have a crush on a girl? And I was just like, yeah. She was like, okay. And it was never, yeah, it was never questioned. Yeah. I love that. Because that's not the case for everyone. How no. was that like for you? Uh, I, lucky, I grew up lucky, too. Yeah. I had a lot Our of family love and has, support. Yes, for my sure. Family. My mom thought it was just a phase. That, um, that part. But yeah. she accepted it. I couldn't shut the door with girls 
like when your friends would come over (laughs) okay we love that equal equal standards we're holding people to yeah (laughs) i couldn't shut the door and uh girls were no longer able to sleep over Mm. my buddies could or i could go to my buddy's house but like boy like guy friends yeah Uh, okay what age was that at when you when you officially i guess you can say officially came out um i'd say right before high school or like freshman year in high school what I'd did say. you just sat him down or did you just say it in passing like i like girls <laughs> i think i was just like yeah i date girls yeah i'm a lesbian or something like that i think it's <laughs> also a prompt to me because i think an episode of like ricky lake was on or something. <laughs> yeah. and i was like yeah mom i am also a lesbian and grandma was just like okay yeah well yeah she said oh it's a phase mm. um, but i didn't get treated differently yeah that's good family. Did it, was it hard to tell my dad? Was that weird, or did you... I think they uh, I think everyone already knew, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like I had to tell really yeah. anybody other than my mom. And for people who don't know you, because obviously the majority of my listeners don't know who you are, like, why do you think people assumed that you did not like boys? Oh, because uh, I looked like a boy, I dressed like a boy, I acted like a boy, um, and... I just, I was, I guess, what you could say is a very strong tomboy, Mm -hmm. or, um, I mean, looking back, I would think just because, I mean, I don't know, that's a hard question Mm -hmm. to answer, only because I, I feel like it's normal, and Mm -hmm. everybody just knew, because I I always wanted to play, like, I was a guy, like, Mm -hmm. even if, when I was young, young, and we'd play house, like with family or yep. something, um, I would always want to be the little brother or the uncle or the dad. Yeah, a guy role in every aspect of. It was just like an life. instinct. Yeah. like yeah, that's how you knew yeah. that. See, I yeah, it, yeah. And that's why I really want to highlight because I feel like I don't know. There's this misconception of people who just maybe aren't aware. They don't have people in their life that. Um, identify that way but they think it's a choice this is just people living their life like yeah. that's literally how you were born and that comes natural natural it's not something that you really think about like i don't think about who i like it's just instinct and no one questions that and i just yeah. i'm excited that like things are becoming people. more exactly yeah, like straight people or guys dating girls and vice versa you don't no question that yeah. no one's like yeah. oh are you sure you like that right how did you know and I ask these questions just because I think people are curious and they want. I want them to understand it's the same process as everybody else. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I think somewhere along the lines of, you know, being in my mom's stomach, I think I got the wrong... However, scientific, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, you were... <laughs> yeah, you were just... But I think something... Genetic buildup. Yeah, yeah. Went wrong, maybe, mm-hmm. or I don't know, but I never looked at myself as a female mm-hmm. or identified with any female parts and um I didn't agree with it I didn't yeah. accept it I didn't like it because mm-hmm. growing up like you you were telling me before we started recording that you didn't even know that that was like an option to be transgender right no I didn't yeah and I still I don't like for me personally I don't like the word of being transgender mm-hmm. just because I don't feel like I have to put myself in a category yes yeah and just like I never liked identifying as a lesbian Mm -hmm. just who I was I don't Mm -hmm. I don't like being put in a box or yes yeah category um I just want to be who I am right I mean in some instances I have to say yeah I'm, I'm a trans male um and I take testosterone and um but I don't like don't you don't like labeling yeah labeling i know everyone loves like identifiers Mm -hmm. nowadays people can't just be be human and i i I get why we do that because as humans we have to like categorize in our for us to process things and i think that's why we naturally do that but i don't think it should be people should just be able to exist how they are and not be able to they don't have to explain it but i think i think in some ways it's getting there because there are Mm -hmm. people that are like pansexual where they're just attracted yeah attracted Mm -hmm. to and that's great, but yeah, I agree. There's a lot of people don't understand it and think it's a life choice. Mm-hmm. Not a life choice. A life choice is picking out a car 
Mm -hmm. or a pair of shoes right. there we go or something like that and <clears throat> this is who I am this is who I always have been it was just hard a hard journey getting to where I am today mm -hmm. what, what did you ever get any pushback from any family members or friends or teachers at school anything like that growing up no I think maybe my mom when I told her about taking testosterone and stuff she just asked why mm -hmm. and she wanted to understand more mm -hmm. well, she said she didn't understand but for me which I'm very lucky because I know a lot of people don't have that oh yeah. yeah our family's very blessed where they're so I I mean I only heard stories from like being in meetings and stuff of people who weren't accepted yeah. or who who don't talk to their family because of the way they are yeah so i know i'm very lucky to have that support definitely my life i always like i remember growing up i was so i felt very happy that we had such an open family like the idea of someone liking someone of the same sex or what whoever they liked it's it was never an issue for me like that we always were just raised to treat people how you want to be treated and that was just never an issue that was never something that it was like you know how sometimes you have your uncle and your aunt that are like super conservative and like we just never had that at least in my immediate family or anyone that I recall like we were just always very open and like I, re I liked it because like going to school there would be people who just never knew anybody who identified as gay or anything like that I'm like who cares? Like, I just remember thinking, like, you're weird for thinking that's weird. And I just, that's that's always been my mindset. I'm glad that's how I was raised because yeah, that's how it should an be. an open mind. An open mind. Right. Exactly. Like, it was never even, like, a question for anybody. Yeah. Like, it just came natural to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell, Desiree wasn't here when you were telling the story about how you were younger and you would call oh, your yeah. son. <laughs> yeah. I never mom, heard this. My, my mom outed me and busted me. <laughs> Grandma! I, I'm, I'm guessing I was in kindergarten, maybe first grade, but um, I think I lived, we lived in New Hope. I don't remember where we lived, but um, I would always, like, at the playground or playing outside or in the field, whatever, and I'd meet other kids to play with I'd always tell them my name was like Mike or Sean or Joe because I thought those were strong male names like you knew your name was Mike or Joe or Sean yeah. that you were a boy I so, love that so I tell them that that's what my name was and one day a kid knocked on the door and was like hey is Mike here my mom's like no there's no Mike here and they're like, yeah, Mike, he lives here. And he's like, he's right there. And I'd be standing like, shit. <laughs> and my mom's like, no, that's my daughter, Rini. Or I have a daughter, not a son, um, that's home right now. Besides Kitcher, I don't know where my brother was. But um, I just remember going, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. What is it like? What, did my dad, like do boy stuff with you like quote-unquote boy stuff with you um i don't think so i mean i don't know i i'm guessing we played but we played like games and stuff just i know yeah. i always tried to follow him or oh friends and he'd be like no <laughs> that's how it I'd is always, with siblings yeah i always want to tag along and i never could but um we have a better relationship now mm -hmm. so we're good on that part but yeah i i think i also wanted to like maybe wear his Shirt yep. and stuff like that, and um, but I like I said I got to shop in the boys section or men's section anyway, so mm -hmm. yeah, that part didn't matter. What was going to school like for you? Um, I mean I I didn't like school, but I didn't get picked on mm -hmm. or anything growing up. Cause you played sports, you were good at sports, weren't you? Yeah, I played sports. I played basketball. Basketball, yeah. Um, and. In my off time, I played football with friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I hated having to, like, put my hair up before yeah. I cut it all off. Because mm -hmm. I felt like it made me girly. Um, but other than that, and I think it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable in the women's locker room. Because yeah. I didn't feel like I belonged there. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, that was hard to be in there. You'd think I'd like it since I'm attracted to women, but it was it was awkward for me because I, I, can did, see I that. felt like it was it was wrong. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, like that just like that's literally. Oh, okay. That all makes sense. Did you ever date in middle school or high school? Um, I mean, I think I had a couple boyfriends, but they were. Oh, you did. I think they were more like. I mean, I played football and sports with them. Were Mm -hmm. like did guy stuff, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like how you would think, you know, passing yeah. notes, like, <laughs> all that stuff, um, and I think I had more guy friends in high school than friends that were girl, or mm-hmm. growing up in school, I had more friends that were dudes, mm-hmm. because we got along better, and, um, but Similar in high interests. school, yeah, but in high school, it was, I mean, when I came out, I feel like I got more girlfriends than anything. Um, yeah, I think, and then guys, I think we're jealous, but <laughs> I don't, I don't remember ever getting picked on. Good. Made fun of or teased. Um, but I also wouldn't allow that to happen. Like, I was very, like, okay, let's fight then. Right. No fist yeah. fight, where nowadays you don't get that option anymore. And you're just going to tweet at him. Cyberbully But, um, so I wasn't afraid to hold my own or yep, so. you were tough yeah so I think that was another part of it because if I felt threatened I would protect yourself I, yeah mm-hmm. or talk shit or that's good know, people I knew not to mess with you yeah because I wasn't girly in any way mm-hmm. did you ever have a moment of like coming out in like middle school or high school what's cool is like your generation very open minded like right. I feel like they are very very open minded and it's just how it should be yeah well well so for family like i think that the story when i told mom about my crush in fifth grade that was like me telling the family and i think like i told um like tilly and adrian at grandma's one time i was like oh yeah i like girls too Mm -hmm. and they're just like okay exactly (laughs) i didn't know that until just now wait Wait, really (laughs) yes what Yeah. yeah I've oh, well. <laughs> coming Surprise. out to you guys. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I didn't know that. I've always identified as um, like bisexual, but just recently I am now identifying as pansexual because mm-hmm. I think it fits me better because I don't like either the, just label. the label of just yeah. like, okay, I like a guy or a girl. Like, I just like who I like. Exactly. But, um, yeah, no. And in middle school, like, it was pretty normal, like, really open-minded. And, like, there's a lot of other, like, people in the community but then once I got to Maple Grove High School, I would have people be like, oh, well, are you sure? Or just, like, stupid guys Questioning like, you. Oh, like, yeah, making creepy. it, like, a, a competition. Like, I, I can... I think it's because, like, when you're more, like, a girly girl, guys are, like... Yeah, are you sure? They yeah, question it. as a, a challenge. Yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. said that to me, too. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I don't... <laughs> I yeah. definitely don't like I your don't ass. Your dick, no, so, literally. No. I'm, I'm good. I'm real good on it. Yeah, for real. That's annoying. That is so... And I'm sure that happens to so many people. Like, I have friends that have told me similar stories. Like, they get hit on almost more by men when they came out because they think it's a challenge. And it's like... Or they think it's, like, a phase. Oh, hot. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing, too. There's so many double standards. Um, It's harder for guys to be out and gay. Yeah. And, um there's a real big epidemic too with the gay guys in meth and when gay guys try to be sober they don't know how to have sober sex yeah wow yeah wow yeah. that's no because that that's one of the the stereotypes i was learning about because like you said it's it's almost hot well not not almost it's been stereo stereo what is it stereolite what is the word stereotypical stereotypical like if girls are making out at a bar it's hot like and people are like oh that's so hot and nothing about their character nothing about their lives are even questioned they could go on to dating whoever they want after no one's gonna say anything but guys if you see two guys making out at a club like you're not gonna have the same reaction and then they have to jump through all these other hurdles just to get like other straight men can't comprehend it yeah like it's not they take it as if it's their masculinity is in jeopardy yeah it is because i know a lot of gay guys that are very masculine Mm -hmm. play sports Mm -hmm. fix cars fix houses and they're gay and like i would have never knew they were 
Yeah. <laughs> but even th- like, I feel like we're moving to a place where like that's just gonna be the norm. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to assume someone's sexuality. Like you yeah. shouldn't be able to right now, anyways. Right. But that that's a good point. There's just so much ignorance still. Like it is getting Oof, better. But... Yeah. As long as people are open, I think it'll right. be good. So you had to come out like twice. That's what we were talking about. You came out as lesbian and then you came out as transgender that you were transitioning later on in life what was which one was like was there one harder was it almost easier because you've done it before what was that like um i don't think any of those two options that you just said were, <laughs> <laughs> were any like were hard for me because mm-hmm. it's just who i was like i said before that's so but, good yeah um it was a harder process learning about uh, the transgender community because I didn't know anything really about that side of life. Um, I think that's what also brought me to a lot of my addiction and self-harm because I didn't like my body. I didn't like myself. Mm. Um, and um, <clears throat> my cousin, um, when I was really bad in my addiction, found a treatment center and um, that's where I learned about how um, this whole other world lives well, to me, it was a whole nother world, but it's the same world, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was an LGBTQ-based um, treatment center, and that's where I learned that I can transition and be who I always felt I was. Yeah. So, what was that like? <laughs> it was amazing, and it was eye-opening. Like, I didn't have any clue about this whole community I've been missing out on my whole Seriously? Life. Wow, that's so... Like, like... I, yeah, I felt like I was special. I was the only big butch lesbian growing up in a suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I just... Um, like, I would go to the gay 90s, and I'd see drag shows and stuff, but... I never knew about the trans community or like there was <clears throat> hope that I could, you know, transition. Yeah. And now I, you know, got on testosterone. I got top surgery. Um, so, I mean, it was eye opening and kind of like being reborn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It was. I think the best thing that happened for my life because I'm sober and I'm happy. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love myself and I can, you know, I I don't have to put myself through the things I put myself through, like addiction and harming myself because I I did a lot of bad self-harm, like physical and emotional. Do you say your addiction was tied into you not fully knowing and loving yourself and knowing who you were is that where you think that started i think so and i think also uh i mean both sides of my family my parents you know struggle with mental health Mm -hmm. addiction so that was um from the gate i had it you know those genes or those stuff yeah those and i think um yeah, not being happy with myself or loving myself. And then once I was able to, like, I started drinking only on the weekends and stuff, and that made me feel better, and that made me think I could accept myself. So you so, started doing that more because it yeah. made you for almost, like, numb in a way? Yeah, yeah, like, and forget mm-hmm. about... The hate? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it, I, it struggled, and then it just downward spiraled. Because it started with, your first thing was alcohol. Like, yeah, I feel like that that's typical. My, yeah, yeah, that was my gateway. Like, people think pot is gateway, but mm-hmm. mine was alcohol. And then it moved to, like, cocaine and then meth and then mm-hmm. pain pills. And then I couldn't have one without the other. And I was oh. mixing. And it was, um, it was, it was hard to maintain that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize, like, you were mixing it all, and I didn't... And it was set... Like, what? at what age did that start really happening for you? I think uh, maybe 17 or 18. Wow. All of that? Well, no. Just, just drinking the and drinking the... drinking and the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Coke at 17? 18, yeah. I mean, I get, I, I'm surprised... I will be... I was very naive to a lot of the stuff growing up because my mom well, scared I, me, but... Yeah, I, yeah. I mean... 
And it was like I, I mean, I hung out with the party people and like the, like that's mm-hmm. what we do on the weekends is party hard and. I just didn't realize like it was like that. I thought like all the people at my school were just drinking. Like I thought that's what like or smoking weed. I didn't realize there was more stuff going on. Like I really was sheltered from that because I didn't see it. I didn't think that was something you did till like you were older. Yeah. I'm sure the people we were partying with thought the same thing because right. I think they only drank and I'm like how can you only be drinking like, <laughs> you loser like, 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 why are you doing like oh you took a shot you big fucking dude <laughs> no I swear though because like once you start hanging around like like when you're partying when you're with certain groups you just get introduced to stuff and then that becomes your normal yeah Yeah, it it becomes normal. Yeah, and then also I realized I could drink more if I did more coke. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that. (laughs) It was like, oh, yeah. Because it, like, we don't even speak. I think think, uh, once I got in my early 20s is when I got introduced to um, methamphetamines. And then that's, and you were using that for how long? Um... I think I used it for, like, five years on and off, and then from, like, 28 until I got sober, and then, um, at the end, towards the end of my U.S., I, um, when my mom got sick and stuff, um, before she passed away, um, I got hurt playing sports, and then... I got it hooked on pain meds. Because you were playing football, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. Football, yeah. Basketball and stuff, and I would, I got hurt, and then I'd start taking pain meds, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel fucking flawless. <laughs> invincible. Yeah, invincible. I yeah. had to do meth and coke and drink and then take these pain meds and go to sleep. And yeah, I those have are to stay no up, joke. all tweaked up. And then uh, the first time I went to treatment, I met someone who was like, why don't you just do heroin? And I was like, I don't fucking do heroin, that's for losers. Until I did it. Mm. And then I was like, this is the shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not. But to me, in my addict No, mind, I, get, I get it. In my it. addict mind, I was like, yes, let's mix this meth and heroin. And I thought it, at that time it was the best. Because you were chasing a high. Like, yeah. you were chasing a feeling of not yeah. dealing with your problems and like yeah. these new drugs would give you a yeah. moment of time where you didn't have to deal with it anymore right yeah okay yeah and i i mean i was married and i had a nice house and uh two trucks and i lost it all Oof. i lost it all to that and i um thank god i had a good family who did pretty much like an intervention and then i went to treatment and um, when I got out of treatment, though, I, the first time I started using again, and mm-hmm. then I overdosed and almost died, and then went back to treatment. And ever since 2013, I've been sober. So going on, yes, ten years or not ten years, nine almost years. ten years. You're almost nine, there. Nine years. It'll be in uh, uh, September. Oh my gosh! So next over. September is ten years. That's huge. Yeah. No, and that's complete from nothing. Yeah, nothing. Wow. Nothing. I can now. I'm at a place where I can go all with family, like at a sports bra or something like mm-hmm. that. But at first, when I first got sober, I couldn't, because I mean, it's triggering. It's, it's very triggering. Yeah. Once in a while, I still get triggered. Or oh I yeah. I'm like, ooh, if I could just have a shot and a beer, but I know I can't because I can't just you... have one. And then I know once I get a buzz, I'm like, let's go hard. Yep. Yep, yep. And you never know what you're going to get with drugs anymore because they put fucking fentanyl, fentanyl in everything. everything. Literally everything. So even if I were to relapse, I think I'd be too scared to because I, you never know what you're going to get these days. And it's um, it's sad. It's a sad epidemic. I work at a treatment center, so I, I see a lot of sad shit. And, I mean, it's it really sucks to see some of the people that just, you know, they don't want to be done and sometimes they overdose and they don't get to have another chance like I did mm-hmm. to be sober so I do want to kind of go back because I, I want to talk about a little bit more about the addiction piece because I know if you yourself are not going through it you know someone who is like addiction is affects 
so many people in this country and it's not something to be ashamed of like everyone has like life is hard and people handle it in different ways and we should all take the judgment away from it and just show up for people the way that they need us to show up and I think for you when you relapsed like I'm sure there was a feeling of guilt because you tried like it's almost like you attempted yeah it's not like you failed it's just you had a I think it's for me, and they say this is you didn't change the people, places, and things. I, because I didn't do any of those, and I didn't do any of the suggestions they they had me to do the first. Because your ago. ego, you thought you could handle it your way. Yeah, yep. and I knew I wasn't done. I wasn't done. If you don't think you're done, then you're not gonna stop, stop. using no right. matter who makes you go to treatment or do whatever you're doing. It has you have to be to do, internal. Yeah, you have to do it for yourself. Like yes. So many people don't even do it for their kids. They attempt to do it for their kids, but like, there's so many moms out there who have to take random UAs all the time, and they fail all the time, and that's why they won't get their kids back, and then it just downward spirals. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna get it, the kids back, but and it, I think the stigma and the people and feeling ashamed and the yeah. judgment is what stops people from coming back to try to... Because they don't want to fail. They, yeah. yeah. Well, because there's so much that people don't really understand about addiction or, like, there's stereotypes about people who are in addiction. Because even on, like, the, like, scientific part of it, like, imagine... So every day when you wake up and, like, make yourself breakfast, that's, like, 50... Like, I don't remember the measure. Like, 50 milligrams or something of dopamine. Oh, release because you're doing... Okay. Yeah, just doing your regular daily stuff. Okay. When you smoke weed, it's 250. When you do meth, it's 2,000. Oh, so like, Imagine wow. trying to just live a regular life when you were getting 2,000 whatever yeah. of dopamine. Like, it's not the same once you're sober. So, you have to... Oh, my gosh. Recovery yeah. is such a huge process where you have to rework everything again. You have to... Please. Our receptors have to heal and get normalized. That's why a lot of people usually get medications when they get sober because they have, don't have normal receptors anymore. Right. Please, you guys, just go listen to that again. Like that, I never heard it like that, and that makes a lot of sense. Because like, because you like once you get sober, like your brain is deprived of any dopamine, serotonin. Like you're just so wow. deprived, and that's what people don't understand. They think it's like, oh well, just get clean, stop doing what you're doing. But it's like your body physically tells you like you need that, like you to be happy, or to right. survive, to do normal. normal. Right. Yeah. yeah, on top of dealing with the pressures of trying to stay clean. Oh my gosh. And like, not everyone has a bad story that goes along with their addiction, but a lot of the time people do have hardship that like assist them in their addiction. So like, you also have to rework your whole entire life as well. Yep. Right. That's and a good point. how part you're growing up and your emotions and your Oof. life. Right. And Which then nobody wants to, do, to that, do in general. Yeah. And try to do that sober, like fully aware you had to claw and work your way towards it like i did therapy and i had to talk a lot and i didn't want to talk about mm-hmm. my feelings and you know getting physically and mentally and sexually abused mm-hmm. as a child and um i had to work towards those things to try to start healing from the inside out right. sober sober you have to be present for every single piece of this reliving trauma. Literally opening up every single wound and rehealing it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It's hard. That's why I, I don't know, like Wow. I love that people are becoming more aware kind of about like recovery and addiction, but there's also still a lot of ignorance with that as well. So much. And I like what you said earlier about you don't need to have any like bad childhood or anything like that to be addicted to something. Like that's that's a lot of the times how it goes and it's like associated with it but there's people who have had what you could say a normal childhood upbringing like very healthy and they still have issues with addictions and substances because it's no one's it's not um it doesn't pick and choose who it affects it can affect everybody yeah you just has no discrimination does that's the word discrimination addiction does not discriminate yeah like i know I know people who had a great childhood who grew up with a silver and gold spoon in their mouth, mm-hmm. but something happened, like, 
they got injured and got hooked on pain meds. Pain meds, they get people. It was a downward spiral, or they were at a party and they tried meth, and Mm. and then it downward spiraled. When I was drinking and doing drugs, I didn't want anything to do with sex. Really? Yeah. 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 Because it was just about numbing for you? Yeah, I think that, and just partying and hanging out. It was just about the fun aspect. Interesting. When was your first, like, serious relationship? Um, in high school. It was in high school? It was mm-hmm. in high school, and, um, I mean, it was funny. I mean, I would sneak over to her house when her mom fell asleep, <laughs> or, like, I'd crawl in their windows or climb up in their windows, um, so we had a, I mean, there was a lot of sneaking around on mm-hmm. their part. On my part, I didn't care. Oh, because they were closeted? Yes. Yes. They were closeted. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think I had a normal dating life growing mm-hmm. up. <clears throat> I feel like it's harder now dating. Than really? Yeah, because it's like, I don't know what, like, putting, like, if I go on a dating app, it's like, checking boxes. Like, uh-huh. But, like, I'm a trans guy. And you hate that, yeah, labeling. for, yeah. uh, open-minded female. I mean, there's no box you can check for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Other than if I say, oh, I used to be a lesbian. How did you used to be a lesbian? <laughs> You're like a lesbian looking for another lesbian or a gay guy looking for another gay guy or a straight hetero looking for another straight hetero. And, um, I mean, there there are friendly websites, but it's still really hard to yeah. find and date someone that's accepting and open-minded right. and just that yeah that idea of marking the box I, that's just weird i hate dating apps to begin with but i can imagine yeah. that's another layer that makes it difficult do you have that same experience or um eh, kind of well because like i kind of grew up like like i said in my middle school there was a big community right of like people who were open-minded and also in the lgbtq community but um I also dealt with the same thing with, like, closeted girls or girls who weren't sure and were, like, half in, half out. And, like, or, like, I use Bumble, which is supposed to be um, an app for, like, the LGBT community, but I still get questioned by people on there. Like, girls will DM me, like, are you sure you are? And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, I have to do the same thing. Like, I have to identify myself and say what I'm looking for, which is kind of yeah. weird. Like, Yeah. Now, obviously, things are more open and more accepted, but at back then, it, I mean, it wasn't even that far ago. You're not yeah. that old. <laughs> You're really not old, but, but it was, but it, there's been lots of progress made, I feel like, from when I watched, like, growing up, seeing you date, like, into now. Is that difficult to deal with a lot of girls who were questioning or not? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I remember... I mean, I dated, I've dated more straight girls than anything, and it was... Mm-hmm more like a phase for them yeah Um, and i didn't know any better because i just wanted to date a straight girl because i wanted to be looked at as a straight dude but oh okay okay and they were fascinated i think because i was like a guy but a girl Mm -hmm. with girl body parts so Mm -hmm. i think um it was like taboo or so unknown that it was sexy or so mysterious mysterious yeah 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 yeah. so i think what i think is that that's what they thought Mm -hmm. but it never lasted unless Mm -hmm. i dated a lesbian got it and then that that lasted but i ruined it for my addiction got it yeah that's what's hard though because like even like still nowadays like like girls go out to parties and make out with each other but they're not gay or they don't identify as gay Mm -hmm. but sometimes i'm like "Mm, are you making out with a girl well i think everything's a spectrum too true 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 true. but no yeah i dealt with that in middle school like girls would want to like kiss me or hang out with me and stuff like that but then they wouldn't be see i don't like that because like i understand needing to understand and identify and like figure yourself out but I don't like that like how you're describing it and how like I've had my dad tell me stories that happened to you like people almost like use not using but like 
not I taking in account your guys's emotions where it's not a phase for me right this is now. like i'm just being normal and dating and if you're just trying to figure yourself out don't use me as like a way to yeah. find out yeah or that's like, not cool yeah or like i would get carded if i went in the female bathroom yeah and like some girls would get upset that i was in there and stuff and so i just started going in the men's bathroom and i think once i started going out to clubs and bars that's what i did because it was easier going in the men's bathroom than going in the women's um, was that hard was that scary because i wouldn't be going in the men's bathroom. i think i usually would go if like someone was with you someone was with me at first and mm-hmm. then now and even after a while i didn't care okay that's and good. i just went in there good okay yeah. good yeah but um like now if i went in a female bathroom i definitely oh yeah get, like, you're not a female so yeah <laughs> girl i like i'm sure the cops would get called <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's very evident that i i mean i think even growing up i didn't have very female features um, I think the only way you would know I was a female is if even if my chest was smaller mm-hmm. than normal, or I had I wasn't I didn't have big boobs, mm-hmm. yeah. um, or like you would know I was a girl unless you pulled my pants down. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, yeah, yeah, that was some question. I, yeah, yo. Stop hi, it! Take four. <laughs> no, it's kind of fucked though, because the first ever relationship I had with a girl, I thought it was a joke. Because girls, yeah, like they would say, like, oh, like you're my girlfriend, but they would just be like trying to be like cuter or like whatever, like what Rini said, like just like it was just like a thing for like straight mm-hmm. girls to just do stuff like that. And so when I got asked out by a girl, like, and she was being serious, I thought she was joking. And, like, we would kiss in the hallways and stuff, hold hands. But, like, many girls would do that with me, but they were straight. Really? Or, or like, they would say that they didn't actually date girls. So then, but I didn't take her. Complex. Yeah. I didn't take her serious. And then she got mad and she was like, what the fuck? Because I thought she was joking. And then she broke up with me. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, she was actually serious. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever had a relationship with a guy who I'd kiss in the hallway. And then I thought it was a joke. Right. You know, like, or that I thought it was a phase. I never had to experience that. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. I was very interested growing up. And even now, like, I get scared to, like, because even on Bumble, like, dating apps. Like, it's literally, we're on a dating app. And girls would text me, like, so you're, like, for sure gay? And I'm like, Because they're asking you if you are? Or are they questioning it? Well, I, both, I don't know. Well, because I'm sure other people deal with the same thing as me where they had, like, they grew up with people, like, half in, half out, so they're Mm -hmm. not sure. They don't want to, like, commit to anything if they don't know for sure. They don't want to get hurt, yeah. Right, or, like. Yeah, I think they, yeah, like, they don't want to date someone who isn't sure that wants to date a female. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Because I know I've. When I like would talk to lesbians on um, when I could when I was eighteen on whatever it was like chat rooms mm-hmm. chat rooms and let girls would ask me what my bra size was to make sure I was a girl and I wasn't a guy trying to pretend I was trying to um, what find a girl and I'm like I don't know because I never really wore a bra I yeah. wore sports, sports bras. bras yeah <laughs> and so they didn't they didn't think I was what a lesbian or a real girl because I didn't have a bra size would you get offended or you'd be like I did, was it just normal that you had to always like defend yourself in a way I think it was in that way I had to defend myself yeah because it was like I I, I I don't know I don't shop yeah there, so right. I wouldn't know and that's oh not gosh. fair, because, like, why should that be the standard? Mm-hmm. Well, how old were you when you got married? Uh, probably 30, 31. Okay. And Somewhere so, around the 30s. And is that, is when you were growing up, is that always how, what you expected out of your life? Like, you wanted the whole marriage, family type thing? Did I you ever know. think about that? No. No. <laughs> I don't think I really did. I don't think I thought much about my future. I think I just wanted to be present for the drinking or what mm-hmm. I'm doing today or tomorrow not like house and picket fences and all that so then what, how, when you got to that point how did you get there did you just feel like 
that's because everyone else was getting married and like that was what you had to do i think that if i felt like i wanted to commit to this person and i mm-hmm. would marry them and i thought that was my end game mm-hmm. that person yeah he's single he's minneapolis most <laughs> eligible bachelor got his own house over here <laughs> got his own car yep dog got his own dog Sweet dog got his got a job I pay my own bills. All, all the bills. Help. All the bills are paid. Mm-hmm. So. I am not on Instagram, though. No, no Instagram. We're trying to get him on Snapchat. He's a little old. He is on Facebook. Yeah. I'm a little old. <laughs> when it comes to tech, you are not in with the kids. I don't like technology. But you got, we got to get you on Snapchat. <laughs> that one before we leave today. Yo. <laughs> Look at the die. <laughs> I, I think I live more grateful and humble life i feel better about myself i love myself enough to where i've been single for two years and that's not holding me back from happiness i have a job that i been working at for like almost four years um i show up in a better way um i'm responsible um, i don't even like missing work if i'm sick um I mean, I just have more things than material things, like a car and a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family. I can show up to family yeah. in a more healthy way. Um, my emotions are more in check. Um, I mean, I still get angry and crabby and everything, but I deal with it in a different, positive, more positive way than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, I go to meetings, I talk to people when I'm struggling, um, that's a big part. Um, I know my limits and I know when I need to do something different, like talk to someone, go to a meeting, go for a walk. Um, so I know from listening to my own body and thoughts and emotions of um, what I need to do or what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just I mean, I look at the world in a whole different aspect now. Like, I can see the beauty in the rain, the snow, the snow, um, and even cloudy days um, are beautiful to me because I get to see it and I'm alive for it. Oh my gosh! Um, so I, I just I I feel I just I'm really grateful. I think. Great. To be where I am, and I have a whole new happiness I never knew. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I had, I was a kid, I didn't know, but I, like, looking back, like, I knew something was going on, but we're kids, we didn't know what was going on, and you lived with us for a while. Yeah. And, like, I just thought you were my cool uncle. I, yeah. I was obsessed <laughs> with you. I was always laughing with you, hanging out with you, like... I, like, I was so happy when you lived with us. And, like, I would hear from murmurs from my parents that stuff were going on behind the scenes. But, again, I still didn't know. I, didn't, I was young. Yeah. and it, But then seeing you where you are now, it's really cool. Like, I get really happy when I see, like, you have your own house and, like, you're driving and you're doing all these cool things. So I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I am, too. What would you say was, like, the most beneficial aspect in recovery like obviously like treatment centers aa meetings all that are important but what like helps you the most i think uh a sponsor like working the steps in the aa book and um giving back and telling my story and um talking i think talking about it talking about it talking that i'm struggling talking and telling people i want to get drunk or I wish I could, you know, pop some pills or snort some coke. Um, mm-hmm. I think just being honest with myself and others. Honest, yeah, because people try to hide it and hide yeah. their progress and hide how they're really doing. And yeah, because everybody's like, "How are you? Oh, I'm good." You say, "Oh, I'm good," right. just to get over it. Yeah, and don't have to dig into it. But I think being honest with yourself and others of how you're really doing is a key point in maintaining recovery and finding new places, people, and things. Mm-hmm. You can't stay in the same situations that you used to be in. Um, they say, those cliches they all say when you're going through treatment, they actually are true. If you stay in the barbershop every day, you're bound to get a haircut. 
Ooh. There you go. You are the product of your environment, like they say, and if you stick with the winners, you're, you know, or stay in the middle of the herd. I won't hang out with people that aren't sober. Yeah. Like, friends-wise. Mm-hmm. And, like, my family, they're normies. Mm-hmm. I, I could have friends that are normal, but I would never choose to hang out with someone who's actively using Right. For people who are trying to support someone who is struggling with this, like, I think a lot of people are scared, too. Like, I'm scared. I don't want to say a wrong thing. That's, you know, or I don't, I don't want to be doing something that I don't know would be triggering or anything like that. So how do you think, like, any advice for people? I think asking them asking. if this is triggering mm-hmm. or also um, you don't want to pussyfoot around your own life. But at the same time, you want to be respectful mm-hmm. of their life. Um, I know Al-Anon is a, help, a helpful tool. I've never done it or gone to an Al-Anon meeting, but a lot of parents and family members of people going through addiction uh, choose to go to Al-Anon. That's helpful so they can see how they can be supportive to, for themselves, not just the person that's mm-hmm. in their life that has addiction because I think Al-Anon is more towards your own, like, personal stuff, Your personal personal journey with it. Yeah. 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 That's but, really helpful. Um, I think, you know, big key thing is not worrying about if you're going to push them out of your life because no matter what, they're doing that on their own. I really like doing this episode because thankfully, like... My uncle is at a really great point in life, you know? And, like, this conversation, I hope if you are listening and you know someone or you are yourself struggling with addiction or just anything in life, like, there's always life after this challenge. Like, a challenge you just have to have the right people in your corner. There's also a lot of resources, too. Yes, and I will put some in the description box. I don't know what the Mm -hmm. Apple thing uses, but Google is a good tool. <laughs> <laughs> Google help. Yes. I'll try to put some in the description box below just so you guys can have resources. But other than that, thank you both for coming here and being open and having this conversation. This is a good one. Yes, I loved it. Yay. Any yeah. last words? Um, started at the bottom. Now I'm here. Period. You heard it. You heard it. I'm going to put that as the outro music. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all.